Is it time for an update? Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, How to Update an Outdated Kitchen. And we're not talking about rehauling the entire thing. We're talking Mm -hmm. about some easy, rather Mm -hmm. inexpensive ways to really bring your kitchen into the present and maybe even the future. Right. Obviously, if you rip the whole thing out, that's going to fix it. But that's not really what we're talking about today, because I think that one goes without saying. But a lot of people, uh, you know, are not interested in doing that for a lot of reasons. It's a lot of work and very expensive. So we are looking at some other options that are not so um, involved and expensive. Exactly. And there are many things that can be done from, you know, a big paint job to little tweaks. And we're going to cover a lot of them today. But you may be saying, oh, my gosh. What makes a kitchen outdated? Well, let's just say whatever state, whatever decade, whatever era your kitchen is in, if you love it, we love it and we love you. But if you're feeling like your kitchen isn't really coming up with the times or keeping up with your current style, then maybe it's time for an update, as I mentioned when we kicked off the show. So you might find that your kitchen is feeling a little out of date if you have those orangey stained cabinets that, or the golden oak, the maple. Uh, they were very popular at a certain time. And you know then the white kitchen really came on strong and will continue to be a classic Uh, kitchen cabinet choice. Uh, There are a few other things that we bounce around. Tile counters. I never understood that. Who thought Mm -hmm. that was a good idea? Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's less expensive because by the time you buy the tile and you got to get the tile guy and then you got to get the grout and there's going to be food on those counters. So if you've got tile counters, that might indicate it's outdated because it was a time really hand in hand with those orangey colored cabinets that that was going on. Or even super busy granite, that was really popular. Darker, busy granite was very popular for a while. Uh, Maybe the colonial-style brass chandelier or ceiling fan with some glass and brass shades going on. We had our farmhouse built. uh, That was about 11 years ago. And I, at the time, we had, we were living in our other house. And we had a white kitchen and black countertops. And so I wanted something different at the farm. So silly me, I said, hey, let's do stained because I want something, you know, different. I don't want exactly the same thing. So I went with the stained cabinets and I went with a completely different and just it's a long story short. But the the bottom line is I didn't have a lot of options on the countertop. So I ended up going with this kind of brown and, and black kind of speckled granite because it went with the stained cabinets. And it wasn't my favorite, but I felt like I wanted to mix it up. And of course, a few years later, I deeply regretted those decisions. And I thought, now what? Now what am I going to do? I don't really like the countertop and I don't like the cabinets. Uh, So, I mean, this has happened to me and it was, uh, you know, I mean, it happens to all of us and there wasn't anything wrong with it. It just wasn't what I really liked. And, and like, like you said, it was, it was a little dated. The particular, particular granite that I chose, I think was a little bit dated. The cabinets were a little dated. And so, you know, I, so let's just talk about what I did. <laughs> let's just talk about you the whole time. 
I love it. No, I'm so glad because I've been running through this list and I'm not hearing you say anything. And I thought you were just going to let me be the mean person saying things like this. Okay, so how about dispelling the farm animal decor? There was a time for that, but open the door and let the ducks and the cows and everybody else leave. It It's over. Um Cafe curtains or swags or things like that. People often have those kinds of curtains in their kitchen. And I think you can do better than that right now. Um, how about stuff above the cabinets? Maybe baskets or faux plants or dusty stuff. Let's talk about that for a second because I've noticed that a lot. And at one point, that was all the rage. You had to have stuff on top of your cabinets. You know, you put your big baskets up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your your, uh, faux, whatever, fern and everything. And that was kind of the thing. But I don't know when that was. 15 years ago? 10 years ago? I can't even keep track. Yeah, more, maybe. 15 at least. Maybe 20. Yeah. So that's another thing I want to – I'm glad you're bringing that up because here's the thing. It's not really on trend anymore. And so if you have stuff up above your cabinets, here's the thing. Just go take it down. (laughs) <laughs> this is so easy to fix it. You just take it down. And thanks I mean, so much no... for listening today. <laughs> well, well, we're done. Like, if, if you like it, keep it up there. But if you're feeling like, uh, my house, my you know, my kitchen isn't doesn't feel like the kitchen and the magazines, I'm just suggesting try taking that down. But here's the great thing about it. It doesn't cost anything. That's exactly. an easy fix. Exactly. And even, you know, true, magazine, Pinterest, all that. But magazine, schmagazine, maybe you just are feeling like, ah, you know, I've lived with this. Sometimes you just don't see stuff because you, you're seeing it every day. You know, you're seeing it, I'm air quote, you're not really seeing it. And so, you know, maybe this discussion today will help you see what's there and look up and see what's above your cabinet and you'll take it down and that would be better. And another item that may be lurking in your kitchen is uninspired hardware. There's so much great hardware out there and it's can be found at very reasonable prices. Um, one of our longtime sponsors and friends over at uh, D. Lawless Hardware, they have amazing prices on really nice hardware. You don't have to go to restoration hardware and spend a ton of money uh, for each knob. So uh, probably for under 50 bucks, uh, certainly under 100 at D. Lawless, you could probably do your entire kitchen over with knobs and pulls. Well, right. So anyway, a uh- I just wanted to mention on the kitchen. So if you decided if you have stained cabinets and you have kind of the, the warm colored granite countertop, let's say you decided you wanted to paint the cabinets. I really wanted, you know, I wanted then to rip out the cabinets, uh, rip out the countertop and put in a black or a marble, you know, black granite or marble countertop and go with the white cabinets. But again, it was just too much of an expense. So I was going to keep the tumble marble backsplash and this black and brown countertop. So because I had kind of a warm look there, I could not go with white cabinet. So that's what I want you to keep in mind is if you're backsplashing countertop, if you're keeping that and you want to make it work, if you're painting your cabinets and you want it to work what you have as far as countertop and backsplash, you may need to go with kind of a warm paint for your cabinet. So think outside the box. Don't just think white. You could be thinking about black countertops. Uh, you could be thinking about maybe a blue. Just kind of think about what color is going to work with that. I actually went with a gray that was, it's a very, very warm gray. Uh, it's actually called prairie grass. So it has just a bit of a hint of green in it. It's not much, but it really worked really. I wouldn't have picked it out on its own, but with the backsplash and the count, 
rooftop. It looks great. So I want you to just kind of think about, um, you know, just find a color that's going to work with what you have. So you may not be able to get exactly what you want, but you've got to make sure it works what you're keeping there. Excellent point. Don't just don't knee jerk to the white mm-hmm. cabinets or you know, whether it's warm or cool whites. Maybe you need to go into a like Anita's saying, maybe a gray tone, maybe a taupey tone, something like that. Um, or maybe even something dark. Dark cabinets are very, very popular now. Again, in 15 years or 10 years, they may look dated, but it's just paint. Right. So if you enjoy that now, change it up. So Anita gave us a great um, start on how to now effectuate these updates. So yes, when you're thinking about painting your cabinets, really consider what is there. Putting a, 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 even a warm white, any white next to something that's really more beigey and creamy and doesn't have any white in it is not going to look great, right? So you really have to experiment and do some testing. So whatever you decide to paint the cabinets, I would do maybe the uppers and lowers the same. But what if you have an island in there? You might want to mm-hmm. change up the color of the island. Maybe do the island in something darker or some sort of contrasting color. I think that's a super great look and it's very fresh. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've talked to people who have painted their backsplash, their their tile, and yes. have painted their countertop. And Shout out don't... to Taryn and a few other of our listeners yeah. who have done so that now, to great success. But, but be sure and do your research. I don't think you're going to want to use a regular paint for that. Do you know, did they use a specialty paint? Do you remember? I don't, I have to say, I don't think so. But oh, um, really? they check into it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And maybe, you know, our recent interview with Amy Howard, she has that one-step paint. Who knows? Maybe that would go over tile. No, that's a good point because she has paint that's for a floor. So you know paint for flooring has got to be pretty heavy duty and it might be more of an epoxy. So that might be something to check into. I bet that would work on your countertop and your backsplash. You know, I saw something too. I just found it. I'll include the link to the article. This was so fascinating. I found an article where someone had some cabinets and they didn't like the design. You know, it was kind of that arch and it was kind of an old 70s style cabinets. Uh, You know, the cutout, you know, I'm talking about the routing on the front. And she just wanted plain shaker. Well, not Well, she probably wanted, she might've wanted shaker, but she decided to go for just a plain flat cover. And this is what I want to explain how she did it because this was something I think any of us could do. She either, she had it cut for her or she did it, but she had, sheets of Luon cut that were just slightly smaller than the size of the cabinets, just kind of the edge of that. Mm-hmm. It just And it's just flat. That's a very thin uh, kind of a veneered wood and it's super thin and flexible. And she l- used liquid nails on the back and then just place that on top of uh, the front of these uh, cabinets. And then once it dried, uh, she just painted it. And so they just went to a flat. So they're not exciting. They're very flat and kind of plain. But if you have something you really don't like, I think plain and simple is better than something ornate that you really don't care for. That is an awesome solution to that. And a really clean, modern, fresh look mm-hmm. to have them. And then you could do something interesting with the hardware or paint them a exactly. really fun color. Oh, now, great idea. If you're really clever, you know, with the with the mm. with your saw, you could I do know where you're the going. shaker edges on there. You could glue those mm-hmm. on top, but you know, she didn't go that far. So I'm thinking this would be something for someone like me. I could do that. Mm-hmm. This would be easy to do. 
while we're talking about paint, how about painting the walls and the trim? So, you know, maybe your paint color is darker uh, because you had stained cabinets and you've got darker countertops and whatnot. So think about changing the wall color. So if you really want some white in the room, but you feel like you can't use that on the cabinets because of the existing countertop or backsplash, maybe you use a really nice warm white on the walls, something like that. And that will really freshen it up. Um, talking about the cabinets, you could remove a bit of the upper cabinets if you have enough and do some open shelving somewhere. I wouldn't say a lot. You know how we feel about open shelving. Um, you know, we don't think it's you know something you'd want to have in your entire kitchen, but shelving in it of itself is a nice way to break up a lot of upper cabinets. Um, and just a few shelves and a s- small expanse of it is not going to go out of style. It's not like you've got this, you know, only lower cabinets and all open shelving. So if you did a little section and maybe under that is a more of like a workstation, um, kind of sort of like a pseudo desk area or something like that. Uh, maybe a place where the kids put their backpacks or something like that because you don't have the upper cabinets sort of restricting the space there. Um, so that could be fun and it could be a nice area to put some decorative items as well. Right. So it's interesting you're talking about getting rid of these upper cabinets and putting in open shelving. Here's another idea, because sometimes you have a space where there's some cabinets hanging and it's really blocking off the kitchen from another area, where if you just take them down completely, then you're opening up the space. So Mm. that's one thing you can do. Uh, I love the idea of kind of assessing your upper cabinets and kind of deciding, are there some upper cabinets that you don't really need, especially if it's blocking uh, an area that would so just think about it would taking them down open up the space but another thing is even if it's on a wall i think it's a great look not to have a lot of upper cabinets and i've seen some gorgeous rooms where the their tiling just kind of goes up to the ceiling and there's no cabinets in certain areas like above a sink so i think that's a great look and something for you to think about if you could do without some of those cabinets yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea that you're talking about. It could open up even if if it's a room where sometimes the cabinet comes right up to the door frame. And even if you're not saying, "Oh, if I take these upper cabinets off, I'm going to be able to have an open concept house or you know something like that." But just the fact that sometimes the cabinets are so tight to the door frames in a kitchen, and you're kind of like walking in like you're in a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like a shoot, and there's cabinets on either side, sort of you know framing the doorway. It would be nice if they weren't there and you just felt a little more expansive and not so closed in. Um, this happens a lot when, when a kitchen is smaller, that you're trying to get as much cabinet room as possible to store things. And so they're kind of encroaching and making the space feel smaller than maybe it even is. You know, taking a step back to what what do we always tell you before you do any sort of updating or renovating, remodeling, even if it's simply painting the cabinets, take a hard look at what's in there. Do you need all that stuff? You know, because you're going to have to take it all out to paint it anyway. Uh, and then maybe you don't want to put it all back. And that might give you a really good idea of, you know, how much cabinetry do you really need? Yeah, because a lot of houses have an awful lot of cabinetry uh, that, you know, we just end up filling it up because it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we end up with the, you know, the crock pot and all this stuff that, you know, we just haven't used in 10 years and we know we're right. not going to use it again. No, you're not going to use it. Yeah. Um, 
sticking with those cabinets, so and we talked about the stuff on top. Sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, 95% of the time, even if you don't like that look, you kind of like, wow, there's all that space up there. Should I put something there? And then, you know, even <laughs> you know, even though I know I don't like that look, and, and I did have that look when it was in, but I don't want that look anymore, and I don't want to have to worry about something dusty up there. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you look and you're like, wow, there, you know, there's a decor opportunity, or wow, you know, there's just that open space. Put some crown molding up there. That's easy to do. You get some crown molding at Home Depot or Lowe's or something. And if you are skilled enough to do it yourself, fine. But even I, I, most good handymen could do that. And it's not going to cost you a lot of money. The crown molding in and of itself is, you know, oftentimes like $3 or less a foot. Um, and that can really just fill that space so you don't have even the slightest inclination to put anything up there. And it really frames out the cabinets nicely. I think that just adding a bit of crown really does a lot for a space. And, and if you're feeling like you're, you know, maybe the ceiling is a little low or your cabinets stop and there's there's too much space between the top of them and the ceiling, this will, will really bring your eye up as well. So it does a, a really, it does a couple of jobs, fills the space and brings your eye up so the room actually feels like it's more expansive. And then if you're painting cabinetry, you might need to look at the paint color on the wall, too, and make sure that it's going to work with the new cabinet color. So this is a time, and again, if you've got all the stuff out of the kitchen and you're painting, you might as well just do everything because it's such a hassle to get everything pulled out and get all the plastic on the floor and everything. I think it's a great time just to do it all and then then be done with it. Uh, but another thing you can do, which um, is something that's a nice look, is to cut out some of your cabinets uh, doors so that you have glass there and then you can see in and, and uh, have some pretty pictures uh, you know some white ironstone pictures like we love or something else in those cabinets so you can really get a, a look at some of your beautiful collectibles yeah do you think you could just buy glass fronted doors and put them on probably well, not right? unless they're, they're well not unless they're the right size but you could take the cabinet doors you have and cut out the center section Oh, I see what you're saying. And then just glue in a, a piece of plexiglass or glass. Probably glass. I don't know that plexiglass, I think, doesn't look good for the long haul. So I'd probably go with glass. But yeah. yeah. And, you know, another thing is, again, sometimes kitchens end up having too many hard surfaces. There's not a lot of color in there. So it's a great place to put in some big artwork. If you have some wall space that uh, doesn't have anything on it, that might be a nice place to put a large piece of uh, just really st a statement piece of artwork there. Yes. Uh, we've talked about this before. I think that your kitchen should be decorated like any other room in your house. Sure, it's more utilitarian than most other rooms, uh, kitchen and bathroom, more utilitarian, but that doesn't mean that it just has to have appliances and cabinets and you know cutlery and plates. Treat it like it's any other room. Add these types of accessories that you would add in other rooms, art, mirrors, table lamps, things like that to really cozy it up and give it some personality. And, you know, uh, we, speaking of trying to make it feel like a nice room, you don't have to, if you don't have an island and you want an island in your kitchen, 
you don't have to have one built that looks like all the cabinets. You know what you can do? You can go buy a piece of furniture that's beautiful, that's meant to be used as an island or a tall dresser or, you know, some of these open shelving pieces that are, are tall enough to use for the countertop. There's some beautiful pieces you can get. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So even if you have an island, so what if you have an island and you don't really like it? And if you can manage to get it out of there without messing up your floor too much, you could have that removed. Um, or if you don't have an island at all and you have some room, you, you don't even have to have that much room because you don't have to buy a gigantic piece of furniture. Obviously, you're not going to want to put a little dinky piece of furniture in the middle of your kitchen. But if you have room for even a small table, doesn't even have to be island height, that might be a great addition to your space. And I was surprised. I was getting ready for the episode and I thought, let me look and see what kind of islands, standalone freestyle islands, not custom made. There are so many out there on the internet um, that are available in all different kind of configurations, whether it's just uh, a top that you might do some chopping on or something like that, or you can make it where you could have some seating at it. So if you're thinking about that and you've got the space in your kitchen, definitely explore that because there are so many different options. And I love using a vintage piece if that's something that would work for you. And I've actually even seen someone, I cannot remember what blogger did this, but it's many years ago. She put two dressers back to back. I've seen that. What a right? Idea. Who did that? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, and they know. were the same dressers. You know, maybe you, they were in a, a bedroom set somewhere along the way. And they were not too large, but they definitely, I think they had at least three drawers each. So she used the drawers for pots and pans and things like that and some table linens and whatnot. And then had a piece cut for the top. So from either side, you could access the drawers. Yeah. So you could even have a piece of marble put on top. Yeah. Is that what she did? I don't remember if it was marble or not, but it was definitely some sort of stone. Mm -hmm. Beautiful idea. There's just so many ways to kind of dress it up. And I really do love it when people think about their kitchen as another room in their house. So they think about making it beautiful and not just a utilitarian room. And then we talked about the hardware. So I gave you a source there. We can link to um, D-Lawless below. But there's so many great sources for hardware. You just want to see, well, you know, if you have a pull, you want to see what is this, you know, like the spread, like you would do for a faucet. You know, is it four inches? Is it three and a half inches? Usually that's pretty standard unless your cabinets are super, super old and or unless you're choosing vintage hardwares. But normally you can get something that would fit in the holes that you already have. Um, and and certainly with for knobs, that's easy. You know, just you want to there was is one little sort of thing you have to keep in mind. The thickness of your drawer front will uh, you know, come into play when the, the knobs going in and it has the length of the screw on it. So you just kind of want to make sure that the length of the screw is long enough to go through the front of your drawer. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are just a few little things to keep in mind if you're going to purchase new hardware online. Uh, but as I said, you, normally it's pretty standard and maybe you just get on a live chat or you call someone at that's at the shop and see, you know, let them know what you need and have them give you some direction before you order. Yeah, and I think you can have some large breadboards too on the wall or maybe on your counter kind of leaned up against the the wall, uh, the backsplash, I love using those. And they're 
some of them, I have some really large ones uh, above my, kind of on the hood, the vent hood above my stove, and they're so beautiful. So that's another thing that you can do that really adds some beauty to the room. But not everybody has a vent hood where they can put things up there. But if you do, that's a nice thing to put up there. Well, another way to use these oversized breadboards, whether they be vintage or reproductions or new pieces of um, board that you could cut on, is you can hide your countertop if you don't really like it. Or, you know, if there's a countertop that maybe has a stain on it or some damage or something like that that just happened throughout the years, you can get a really large uh, cutting board and just put it right over it and leave it there. I do that... Um, you know, my marble is new to the house, um, but, you know, it's getting the patina that I love. But I want to be able to not worry all the time about somebody putting something down. So I have a vintage, big vintage um, cutting board that I just leave out next to the sink. And that's where we do. My husband makes his French press coffee and all of that. And so it's just on there. That's kind of like a workspace. And um, so it protects the countertop. But if I could also use that to cover something if I didn't want to see it. Mm -hmm. Or you can get a piece, an individual piece of marble or quartzite or whatever countertop you really like and just have a, a you know maybe get a remnant and have it cut and you could yes. put that on your countertop yes i actually have a marble I, I call it a cutting board i don't actually cut on it because it's marble but it's a nice uh board that looks really beautiful that i leave sitting out that i have you know some containers sitting on some salt and pepper and it's right. so pretty right right yeah and if anybody's seen my kitchen on the videos or on my blog or whatnot to the um left of my sink as you're looking at it, I have a round breadboard and I have my my old ways vignette there. I always have one big um, vase and, you know, if I have flowers that's in there and then two smaller items, whether it's a candle or something else there. So that is just always there. Um, I think it softens up my look too because I have a lot of white and I have a lot of marble in the kitchen. So adding that warm wood goes a long way. So definitely can use those kinds of um, items in that way, either vertically or horizontally on your counter. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Let's talk about the curtains. So, you know, maybe it's something that you just haven't thought about in a long time. Now you're looking at them. Hmm, maybe it's time for an update. How about a really lovely Roman shade uh, or a natural woven blind? Or maybe you don't even need anything in the kitchen. It's not like you're going to be changing your clothes in there necessarily. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's okay if people can see in your window or maybe you have privacy. Maybe it's looking out into your backyard and nobody can see anyway. So just take the curtains off and let the sunshine come in. Yeah, I think that's something to think about. And I, you know, you and I both prefer no window coverings, but we understand you have to sometimes for privacy. But sometimes maybe it faces a wall or just something. If you, if I don't need it, I try to avoid it. Yeah, I ended up hitting, well, we had a big tree branch limb, I guess. It was just, it was so beautiful the way it was just sort of sweeping down. And I do, I did get some pictures of my, my kitchen looking out before my neighbor cut it off. 
First of all, it was not a nice thing to do to this tree. It was just not the right way to prune it. It was like, you know, oh, if no. you, you were like, oh, I want to lose some weight and you just cut your arm off, you know, <laughs> it's like not the way to go about pruning this particular tree. I couldn't believe it. I came home one day. We probably were only living here about a year, but we were, you know, pretty much, you know, done, whatever done means. So, uh, you know, we were living in the house and the kitchen was functioning as a kitchen. It wasn't like under construction, but I knew there was something different and I couldn't figure it out. And then I realized it was the light. It was, it was just a time of day where it wasn't normally that bright. And I looked over and sure enough, there was like the, you know, the raw cut of the branch. So then I had to put up, so I put up linen, just white linen, half curtains uh and that's just enough because their house you know like anita's house in houston our houses are pretty close together here mm-hmm. in uh pasadena so well, i am very excited that we did trim the tree out in front of us and i told the, you know, i told them now i'm so excited because i can be gladys you know from bewitched i can oh see now you now. can look out yeah i can see and i can be you know a, a busybody before <laughs> i can see anything i can be a busybody but now i can see what's going on <laughs> if I want to, if you want, if you wanted to look, you if could I look. wanted to be like that. That's right. Yeah. Lighting. Lighting is so important in every room and it should be something that you really consider in the kitchen as well. You're not performing surgery on your island or countertop. So there's really no reason why you should only have bright overhead light that's not on dimmers. So get yourself some dimmers. That'll even if you just did that with the overhead lights, that would make a tremendous difference. See if you can install some under-counter lighting. Even if you can't hardwire it, there are other options that can be plugged in. Uh, There's also those little puck lights. They don't give off the most romantic light, I would say, but definitely great task lighting. So maybe you don't have to have the overheads on. You can just use those little puck lights, which I think, you know, in a lot of cases, you can just sort of stick under your counter, uh, excuse me, under your cabinet bottoms. Well, I know you love to use lamps in your kitchen, so that's a great I idea. I love too. it. I got two lamps. You just in my have kitchen. to use a very short one if it's under your cabinet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of little. I would say, like, look for a little bulbous one because you don't want just a little one that looks like it should be, you know, in a little kids' room or something like that. You don't want a dinky light uh, because you really. You know, if you're like me, you kind of want to hide the cord too. So try to yeah. find one that's kind of rounded, globish at the bottom, kind of, you know, like I'm saying, bulbous. Uh, it's a little squatter. There's a lot of lamps like that out there. And then you can just wrap the cord up and stick it behind it and nobody, every, you know, it's old magic. You know, like, you know, when you see pictures in the magazines where there's just no cords anywhere. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's because they have Photoshop and they Photoshop. Exactly. Um, well, and if you're... Uh, mm-hmm. Just a simple thing is uh, what we talk about all the time, which I love in any kitchen, a nice bowl full of lemons or limes. Isn't that the best? It yes. So refreshing. You And if you're using lemons, you want them sitting out anyway because they're going to juice better than if they're in your fruit refrigerator. I learned that so from I you. Just, you know, I didn't know I, that. Oh, yeah. So it's just wonderful having those sitting out all the time. Um. Here's one that could be a little controversial, depending if you have kids and pets or just messy adults. A rug. I don't have a rug in my kitchen because I have messy kids and three dogs. Um, But if you can get a rug in your kitchen, that is really nice. And I'm not really just talking about one right in front of the sink, because sometimes I feel like that looks a little odd depending on your space. So maybe you want to do a longer one or something like that. If you've got the space between your kitchen 
uh, sink and then maybe an island or something like that, instead of just putting a short little sort of entryway sized rug, like a two by three or what have you, I would do maybe a long runner or something like that. I think that looks a little bit better. Um, but hey, if you can get a larger size rug, if you've got an area, you know, off to the side, out of the way of the, you know, the triangle traffic that you might be, you know, going from refrigerator to stove and things like that. Or if you have a table in your kitchen, maybe you could put it under there. I was doing a blog post for um, one of the sponsors one time and I had I was doing a kitchen thing and I purchased a rug for the blog post. And man, did I love the way that rug looked under my kitchen table. But it just wasn't practical for me because I'm sweeping and I'm vacuuming so much anyway. And then on top of it, I would have to be really, you know, things would get into the rug. But if you have a home situation where you can take a rug or maybe an area where you could just pick the rug up and shake it outside, I would definitely try that because that's going to add a whole nother layer of texture. And again, as we're saying how the kitchen should be treated like any other room, um, layering in some fabrics, which, you know, you don't have that many opportunities to have fabrics in the kitchen is a great way to really make it cozy and give it some personality. I love the idea of a rug, Kelly. And a kitchen typically does not have a lot of color in it. Either the cabinets are stained or they're white or they're gray, typically. So there's not a lot of color in there. There's not a lot of opportunities to add color and texture. So if you don't have a large island in the room, so if you have one that's kind of a piece of furniture where you can put the rug underneath it, or there's no island, or there's a table there, I highly, highly recommend that you do put one in. Because it's going to add so much color. I mean, it can, if you use a colorful rug, add so much color and so much beauty to the space. Uh, Yes, you are going to have to be concerned about food. So you want to be wise about it and use the right kind of rug. I would not go with a sisal or something that has those, you know, where food can kind of get caught in it and you can't find it. Uh, I like the flat weave rugs. And those, you know, are pretty easy to clean and vacuum. So if something falls on it, you'll be able to see it right away. And my preference for a kitchen or an, under a dining room table is to go with a wool rug because of the natural lanolin oils in the rug. It really does help keep it protected from any kind of stains from oily foods. And so, it, and if it's a pattern, you're not going to see a stain very easily if there is one there. So there's so much you can do with the rugs and there are other types of rugs you can use, but I, I definitely would recommend something like a wool And I would also suggest that you avoid cotton because they stain very easily and that's going to be a problem for you. Great tips. And a lot of people might have thought, oh, well, no way would I do that. But, you know, you've educated us on that and it really does make sense. Um, Okay. One more thing. If you have a hood and maybe it's exposed and you don't like it, maybe you could figure out a way to wrap your hood. You know, have some, have it encased mm. somehow and, and something constructed over it. And that might really change the look as well. So, so many good ideas today. Do you have any more good ideas? No. I, I think <laughs> no, I'm tapped out. I'm I mean, exhausted from this. I know, I'm just worn out. <laughs> we did really go, go on a roll there. So, Anita, do we have a hot topic today? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, is it safe to rent an Airbnb during coronavirus? And I thought this was a great question. Uh, one of the things that they mentioned in this article is that actually if you rent a house, 
you're going to be exposed, you're going to have less exposure to potential viruses in a a VRBO or Airbnb house than you are if you stay in a hotel, because obviously, you know, you'll probably be the only ones there at the time. And there were fewer people in, in the room that you're in than if it's a hotel and you're walking through a lobby and everything. So if you are going to stay someplace, it certainly seems like it's safer to, to rent a house than stay in a hotel or um, a motel. Now, the interesting thing they talked about was how, you know, just be careful and make sure that, you know, the house is being cleaned on a regular basis or just make sure it's a house that's cleaned carefully. This article seemed to think, uh, seemed to suggest that it would, it, it is safe. And for people's mental health, sometimes you just need to get out of Dodge. You know, you need to change up your scenery a little bit. And if that works for you and your family, uh, you know, it's good to know. And maybe check out the people who are designated super hosts and things like that. So you know that they've got really great ratings and they've been, I think those people go through some sort of um, uh, training and whatnot by Airbnb itself. So they're held to a higher standard. I think a lot of these places are doing enhanced cleaning services so you know just be my you know that so there are a lot of things extra precautions being taken to keep everyone safe good to know it's also good to know that people are enjoying decorating tips and tricks Uh, so we just wanted to let you all know that we have really appreciate all the people who take the time and the effort, and we understand it is time and effort to leave a rating and review on iTunes, but it is so very important to us to receive these ratings and reviews, especially when they're five stars, which they have been uh, so many times over, uh, because it it makes iTunes more likely to then suggest our podcast to other people who are searching around for decorating podcasts or home and garden podcasts and whatnot. So I want to read one of our most recent reviews and thank the person. Their iTunes name is Bury It, and I'm hoping that they're talking about burying some (laughs) treasure or something like that. It's not Bury Her, but Bury It. If you're listening, Bury It, thank you so very much. Um, This is how the review reads. Well, the title is Always Exciting Ideas, exclamation point, five stars. Thank you. So grateful I found this podcast. These ladies provide suggestions and information that will improve every aspect of home design, fabric choices, carpeting, recipes even, furniture, lighting, and much, much more. Another exclamation point. So helpful and creative. Another exclamation point. Thank you. Another exclamation point. So thank you, Barry. It. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate every person who has taken the time. Thanks a bunch. Yes, thank you. We're, we're so thrilled when we see the reviews and we really do appreciate it. Because so. I know when I go to check out a new podcast that I haven't listened to before, mm-hmm. I look at the reviews. Oh, definitely. Right? Because you're going to spend your time listening. You want to know, oh, you know, is this worthwhile? I don't always agree. And sometimes Mm -hmm. if it's not a great review, I still might give it a whirl. But certainly if they're getting, yeah, let me just say, uh, how many do we have? You know, 421 ratings and, you know, all these five-star reviews that, um, you know, I would definitely give that podcast a whirl. So thanks to everybody. Crushes. Oh, I think I have a tea that I have not talked about before. You know, I love all things tea, black tea, green tea, herbal tea. And this one is a hibiscus hibiscus tea. And hibiscus tea actually is good for lowering your blood pressure. 
among other things. Isn't that interesting? Uh, anyway, but it's delicious. So I love drinking hibiscus tea hot or cold. And then if you drink it hot, or no, I guess if you drink it cold, excuse me, I add sometimes a little lemon juice and a little salt, and it makes kind of a really healthy Gatorade-type electrolyte oh, replacement. Yeah, a little salt and lemon juice, and it, it's actually, you know, it kind of has a Gatorade flavor. You know? Oh, how interesting. Okay. Organic, uh, raw hibiscus leaves that you can buy, and it's and they're, it, they're grown in Egypt, so I will include that link. So how about you? Oh, okay. I have something. Okay. I thought it was called Twinkle. And I've been calling it Twinkle for maybe five years, six years since I was introduced to it. A friend of mine told me about this. It's actually called Tinkle, which I think is... even better. I don't think that's as... I think Twinkle is a better (laughs) name. Let's just all say we don't have to get into that. But yes. Okay. So they are these small little shavers. You know, for maybe, you know, like around your lip or maybe, you're not going to shave your legs with these. <laughs> maybe, you know, even your eyebrow area, but don't go crazy because you could actually take your whole eyebrow off. But these are fantastic. Um, and you can buy them in packs on Amazon or maybe at your local beauty supply store or something like that. Um, it, what is it? The product description is funny on Amazon. Unnatural looking eyebrows. Or any mean hair sticking out, destroying your beautiful look. <laughs> These high quality tinkle women's shaver will enhance the beauty you possess. I mean, I don't, and I really don't think I could say it better myself, but these things are great. I was introduced them to them by a friend of mine. Uh, when we go hiking with my crazy hiking group, we always do little pillow presents. So somebody mm-hmm. each night will tuck a little present under everybody's pillow. And one night we all got a little, you know, tie, tied in ribbon, like maybe five or six of these tinkles. Oh. But then is that insulting when you get that? Are you thinking, what are you saying to me? No, that was not, I mean, this friend is a good enough friend. She could give me anything and you'd be like, oh, thank you. This is wonderful. But it's one of these little secret weapons. Yes. It's a very good item to have in your arsenal. Mm, Okay. Okay. I love it almost as much as I like my um, eyebrow brush, which I think everybody should have an eyebrow brush. So that'll be, I'll just save that crush for another day. So our question is from Karen C. Karen is asking, how do you decorate around a round mirror? And in Karen's email, she had a specific round mirror that she was discussing. So she also Mm -hmm. had a question about that specific mirror in that specific space. So I don't know if you want to address that as well, Anita. You you saw the photo. There was a round stained table with, four chairs around it and it was kind of a, a bare space where really it was just the table the four chairs and the one mirror on the wall mm-hmm. so I'm thinking and this happens a lot Karen where you know the, someone maybe thinks the problem is one thing when when really there maybe it's something else so I think that the the, the thing that she may not be liking about it is there's just uh, no color there and maybe it's not uh, the issue with the mirror but I'm thinking maybe it might it might work well to put a rug under the table, would add some color and interest. A tablecloth would add some color. And I think, and again, you know, it was just, it was just kind of a, a spot where, you know, there wasn't much going on. So it's so easy to add something, to add some 
color on the table to add some color under the table and then maybe a bold piece of artwork on the wall and i think that would really spruce it up yes okay so i agree that maybe it was that particular mirror in the space and now everybody's not you know they can't see the right. image so they don't have the benefit <laughs> of that but the i think the mirror was also not centered on the wall it was centered on the table okay and so i think that might have made it feel odd so if karen wanted to keep a mirror there i would suggest doing a large rectangular mirror hung on the horizontal and center it on the wall Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than having that smaller round mirror off to the side, uh, you know, really in in line with the table. And, and then I think I agree with everything you said, Anita, about the particular space. And then just in general, decorating around a round mirror, my thought would be if the mirror itself is not large enough to fill the space adequately, then I would not put stuff all around it. Mm-hmm. I would maybe right. put two sconces maybe it could be candle sconces if you don't have uh you know ability to have electrical sconces or something there maybe something um longer and um on uh, rectangular and hung on the vertical on either side Mm -hmm. to sort of complement the organic round shape on on either side flanking the mirror i think that might be the best way to augment you know, some wall hangings surrounding a round mirror. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's certainly something you could do too. Thanks for contacting us, Karen. And uh, we had so much fun hanging out with you today. Hopefully you got some good ideas. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.